Coming to you live from an abandoned storage locker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona. You're tuned into the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. And Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Boom shakalaka. Welcome in. It is the Important Nonsense Podcast. Steve Bonham, Neil Smith. Neil, how are you doing this evening? Oh, doing fine, just fine. And if you're listening to this, I commend you because there's only one reason why you'd be listening to fantasy football stuff. Week 14, it's the final week of the regular season. So if you're still listening to us and looking at our smiling faces, it's because you're either playing for a playoff spot or you're playing for a better seed in the playoffs. So kudos to you for making it this far with us. Yep, very much so. All right, Neil, what do you got on the docket for us today? Oh, this week there's only one topic, Steve, because it's all anybody's going to care about. We're going to help you set those lineups here. We're going to break this down as best we can and then obviously check in with the Friday show where they they help you set those lineups every single week. But we're going to run through this here because there are some kind of news stories that we need to break down, some advice we need to give, and some situations that I think we're going to have some opinions on, just given how the oblong pigskin ball tends to bounce, right? It's a little unpredictable. Uh so we're going to do, we'll do the non RB stuff first, and then we'll do the running back stuff as its own separate special segment here. So what we'll do is for, as far as non RB news, we'll start, let's just start with a topic that you and I have probably beaten to death years gone by. It's a, uh, it's a topic of great kind of contention within the fantasy community. And that's just the topic of taste pill just in general. Wait, I so, thought you said non RB news. Hmm. See what I did there? Yeah, but he'd be a tight end. See what I did there? Yeah, but he'd be a tight end, though. Yeah, but so he'd have it, to catch passes for that to happen. But they were listing him as a tight end. Either way. It, it, borderline quarterback, Taysom Hill. Okay, here. yeah. And Possible quarterback. Theoretical yeah. quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because a lot of people think we hate Taysom Hill. And it's funny because it's kind of a logical contradiction in that sense. Because you and I have both been on record as big Jalen Hurts believers. Right. And it's kind of a similar thing where it's like, well, how could you be so interested in Jalen Hurts with your analysis being, I don't care that he can't throw the ball. But then you turn around and it's like with Taysom Hill, no, we poo-poo that historically. Right. And it's like, no, because there's a difference. Jalen Hurts struggles to throw the ball, but has the capacity. Right. Taysom Hill is Tim Tebow with a slightly abbreviated throwing motion. Right. That's what the, there is a difference here in that. At least that's my analysis on the matter. But Regardless, Taysom Hill still listed as a quarterback for most fantasy outlets. You can ride him as a quarterback and there are individuals who will do so because of just the rushing floor, right? You and I, we, you don't have to explain that to us. We're pro rushing floor. Yeah. I'd like to get something that isn't just rushing floor, but okay. And I'd also like to deal with something that isn't throwing four interceptions in their last start, but Hey, here's where we are. Because if you look at the ECR, at least to open the week, Taysom Hill was QB nine. Mm-hmm. And even with the four interceptions, he put up 20 points in uh, as a quarterback. So it's worth talking about here. Uh, but by his own admission, Taysom Hill is saying that he cannot grip the ball the way that he normally would. And he is having issues in practice spinning the ball that he in the way that he normally can. And so he's still learning this week how he's going to play with the splint that he has. So my question to you is, are we worried about using him as a streamer? What's the advice here that we nope. want to help people out with? 
I'm not either because I go back to what I was just saying. I, it's a question asked and answered a little bit. He can't throw the ball anyway, so what do I care, realistically speaking? Yeah, I'll, I'll give it. you the exact numbers. He, go he, for hurt, it. he hurt the finger in the first half, <clears throat> so he's playing with the splint the entire second half. So that's the easiest elimination right there is just go by halftime, right? So in the first half, he had 144 yards passing. He was 12 of 21. In the second half, he was 7 of 20 with the splint on his finger for 120 yards. He had one touchdown and the three interceptions. Now, some of those were deflected off of receivers, weren't sure. exactly his fault, but they, they still counted. What matters here, and the reason that Taysom Hill is in the conversation and is, is absolutely a streamer this week, is the fact that just in the second half, he had 89 rushing yards. When they were playing from yeah. behind, that was the only thing that they had going for them was him running for his life with the ball. And I said it too uh, when we were talking about the lead-up to that game, the fact that not only is it Taysom Hill, not only do they have no Alvin Kamara, but half of their offensive line was missing from that game. So if anybody was going to run for his life, you would want it to be Taysom Hill. So it, it worked out in that regard, the fact that, like you're saying, he got 20 points and 10 of them were from rushing alone. So even if Correct. he didn't throw the ball at all, he still would have ended up with a decent day for you. And we'll get into Alvin Kamara and his situation here in a little bit, but either way, we're undeterred here. He's absolutely a streamer. Start away. Frankly, if you're looking at streamers at this point, yeah. I mean, what else would you rather have? Like Tua? Like, or if he's on buy? Like he's on buy. He's on buy. There's there's very little that's available even right now, given the buys and just what's what's out there. And I, you're not going to get somebody who might finish in the top ten, which Taysom Hill absolutely could. Yeah. So it's not something I want to invest in long term. But if you're asking me about streamers, absolutely for one for one week, and then we'll reassess. Yeah, I guess it would depend on what's available in the waiver wire too, right? Like, because mm -hmm. in the same neighborhood of the ECR, you're talking about, would you rather have Taysom Hill or Kirk Cousins? Yeah, and I'd rather have Taysom Hill temporarily, but it's really close. Floor. Yeah, the rushing floor, but it's really close. You're talking about like 9, 10, or 10, 11. Yeah. They're like right next to each other because they're going to get broadly the same, but it'll be totally different how right. they go about doing it. Uh, let's see. Same I'd prefer him over Derek Carr. Cam Newton. I'd prefer him over Derek Carr, Cam Newton. That's oh. close to that's close to because that's well as we've talked about with Cam Newton it's kind of, that's kind of like the same but thing. Cam, yeah, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, that's except the same Cam thing. actually can throw it a little bit, and he's going up against Atlanta's defense. So yeah, hang on, I'll check my actual. What, what's appealing here. about Taysom Hill too is the fact that they're playing the Jets. I have I have them a little bit. That's that's the other reason too. I do have Taysom Hill in my. I have like two. I have him like two spots higher. I have him two spots higher than Kirk Cousins and three whopping spots higher than Cam Newton. But that's your list. So yeah. yeah, to answer that, Taysom Hill by teeny touch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think there's too much more to say about that. If he's available nope. and you need a quarterback, take a look. Yeah, we we're just talking probably, streamers. So probably don't watch the game. Option. Yeah, yeah, don't watch that game. Don't just enjoy the points at the end, and then we'll reassess next week. Uh, speaking of uh, of uh, kind of streamery type of things, Justin Fields is coming back on Sunday. So. I don't think Justin Fields though would really qualify as a streamer. Like for just going by going by my rankings, I would say no, he'd fall outside of what would be streamer territory going up against the Packers. I have a feeling they're really going to struggle in that game. Right. Uh so I really don't we got a lot of a lot of history on that mountain. Yeah. Uh so really the only He still owns you. Mm -hmm. 
he does in fact still own you so the question that i would have then is just really around skill position guys yeah with justin fields coming back are we is there anything you're worried about individually skill position wise for for the bears Bears? for the bears yeah Mm -hmm. i'm not either so we'll talk about david montgomery a little bit later but it is worth bringing up because you're going back from andy dalton so we're not worried about mooney and realistically, guys, that was the only skill position player you were going to consider starting. As a well, well, what I would say is I, as weird as it is, mm-hmm. I like Cole Komet less. Okay. If you've okay. been playing or streaming Cole Komet, the connection that he had with Andy Dalton was real. That's been his thing his entire career is connecting with right. tight ends over the middle. And that yeah. has not been the connection with uh, Justin Fields. No, Justin why Fields he was w- is so widely Mooney. available for a while there. So. Justin Fields is really looking for for Darnell Mooney, as we see yeah. more more often than not. And Allen Robinson continues to kind of remain an afterthought, and he's hurt. He's probably not starting Allen Robinson. I can't yeah. imagine a league where you're doing that by choice. Yeah. Right. Uh, moving away from quarterback, that's really it, at quarterback, frankly, for this week. Everybody else, you probably have your established guys at this point. So in reality, the next thing is we'll have to just talk about just a minor note here. Adam Thielen has already been ruled out for Thursday's game uh, with the injury he suffered last week. So you're going to need to find some other options. Is there anybody in-house Minnesota that appeals to you? KJ Osborne, perhaps? Yeah, I was going to say, you mean KJ Osborne? Pretty much. You're asking about? Pretty much what I mean. Yeah. Um, Really fantastic question. Uh, I had not considered KJ Osborne. He's the only one for me. And Wes, you, I know you're going to, you're going to look at some numbers up there, but he's, He's the only one for me that I think would qualify. They're really like Tyler Conklin, maybe, but well, what I would say for Conklin too, is in it. And it proved out last week as well, that with Thielen out of the game, a lot of the underneath stuff went to Conklin and especially the red zone. That's, and that's why I was going to say, especially at tight end, given how bad tight end is right now. That's where that Tyler Conklin if you need a tight end, take a look because we already know Thielen's not going to play and it's a short week. So right. I could very much see a scenario where Tyler Conklin catches a touchdown for you. That's all you can hope out of your streaming tight end. So if you need a streamer tight end, I did move Tyler Conklin up in my rankings with the news that Thielen is not playing that entire game. So there is that. And then KJ Osborne is the question. Does it matter for KJ Osborne? And I, I my answer is kind of like, how lucky do you feel? Right. Became the answer to that pretty rapidly. And that's not analysis typically. So I figured I would ask you. Um, so, so far this season, we really haven't had an opportunity to see what Osborne does without Adam Thielen. He had that big blow up game at the beginning of the year, uh, but really has just fizzled since then. He hasn't done a whole lot with the opportunity. Currently in the ECR, he's sitting at wide receiver 40. So basically flex range. Yeah. And that's kind of where you'd have to, given what we've seen, I think that's where you'd have to have him. You right. couldn't justify putting him any, any higher up than that. Yeah. So, and he went seven for, uh, or I'm sorry, he went four for 47. No, if he went seven, seven for anything, we wouldn't be having this conversation, but he went four for 47 on seven targets and he right. caught the touchdown when they were at the end of the game, desperate. Um, the seven targets that he ended up getting were his most since week six against right. Carolina. So I don't know if he's going to get that kind of volume, it's hard to ignore and you'd kind of have to play him, but that's yeah. The, the five games since they're by before this past week, he had a combined like 11 points. Yeah. So to have a 14.7 in one game against Detroit, 
so I'll tell you how I decided to rank it. Mm-hmm. I've got KJ Osborne at 43. And I'm pretty sure that was more or less in line with the ECR, at least at one point in time, it might've moved since the last time I updated this, but, and I looked at it and the rationale is I've got him down there with guys like Amon Ross, St. Brown, Mm -hmm. maybe you get the repeat AJ green, maybe you Mm -hmm. get lucky and he catches a touchdown in a game against the Rams where they might actually have to throw to him because they've got good enough coverage to do something about it. He's down there with Tim Patrick, which is always my perennial. Maybe he catches a touchdown for you guy. Although recently, uh, Recently, that's not been so much of a thing just because of how bad the whole Denver offense is. We could do a whole show on just whatever is wrong with that. What a nightmare. Uh, our least listened to show ever mm-hmm. uh, is what that would be. So, and then, you know, like Kenny Galladay is another one, which is sad because, like, how the mighty have fallen. But that's the neighborhood that I'm talking yeah. about. It's whatever order. Pick your order that appeals yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of where I ended up having to rank him, which is why I was like, well, at that point, he's a flex. And it does get down to how lucky do you feel. So if you needed an option, well, how lucky do you feel and how desperate are you? Right. right? It depends on what you've regularly been playing. There's not a lot on by this week that is, you know, locked and loaded starters for you because you've got no, Miami, but if you've been riding New England, I was say, if you've been riding Kendrick Bourne, if you've been on that train, you would need another option. Or if you've been riding whatever, like something yeah. like that. Yeah. So. Not the worst one week flyer was how I kind of made it to. I'd rather deal with that than Josh Reynolds, which is one people seem to like. I'd rather mm-hmm. deal with that than LaVisca Chenault, which has been just hideously disappointing. I'd rather deal with that. Yeah, at this point, I definitely would not play LaVisca Chenault. No, but, I wouldn't. I do mean, that. you, you poo poo Josh Reynolds. I'd play Josh Reynolds over him. Well, it's close. I'm just saying that's the neighborhood. Like, mm-hmm. if, but I'm saying in a world, okay. The reason I'm going with that example is in a world where we're talking about Josh Reynolds. Yeah how you'd have to be talking about KJ Osborne. It's kind of the same thing. And I'm not poo-pooing Josh Reynolds out of hand completely, but like it's at least I don't think I am. Apparently I'm, you're telling me that I'm, I'm way off on what what I think of Josh Reynolds. Well, Uh, I mean the two games that he's legitimately played, granted it's against Chicago and Minnesota. Okay. So it's not like it's world-class secondaries and they're playing uh, Denver. uh, Denver. That's, that's the other part of that, that, doesn't make me smile but um he had five targets in that first game against chicago ended up with 16 points he ended up with a 10.9 this past week in the win against minnesota and jared goff was actively looking for him on that final drive until he started to connect with amon ross st brown who they just kept leaving wide open and that ended up like saving his entire fantasy day Mm, but but even if you took away the touchdown in that Chicago game, he still would have put up a 10. So he's put up double digit fantasy points in back-to-back games when he's been with Detroit. And there's no reason to think they won't continue to be throwing the ball this week. They're going to have to. I think he's got a 10 point floor at Hmm. this point. I mean, if Josh Reynolds is a bench guy on your team, he should probably be a starting flex for you. I've got him ranked at 32. Okay. So that's okay. So that's the difference right there is that Mm -hmm. you've got, you've got, uh, you've got Reynolds significantly higher. So you're definitely more on the, okay, interesting. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up for the listening audience then. So what I would say is to me, it's kind of a push and I know you would say Josh Reynolds for sure. Uh, Yeah. I think he's surpassed St. Brown as the alpha. Now again, well, that was easy to do. Right. But after that final drive, it's difficult to make that leap, but. Well, that's why I have them kind of close together. Mm-hmm. is kind of the thing a little closer together in my rankings between yeah. Reynolds and Amon Ross St. Brown. 
and that's where and and KJ Osborne I put in that mix because of the opportunity that he will have. That is not right. a normal KJ Osborne ranking. Right. So that's that's where I'm at. I think we would all agree that you'd feel better about starting any one of those three guys over Tim Patrick. Yeah. So if you've been riding that, don't. Uh, I'd feel better about that than AJ Green. Any of yep. them. And I'd feel feel better about any of it than Lavisca Chenault. Take your pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, same thing with Traquan Smith, who was a thing for like three weeks. That's right. over. Feel yep. better about any of that. So there are definitely things that are being played that yeah. any of those guys we just rattled off on the Lions and then KJ Osborne for one week. I would rather I'd rather deal with that yep. on a one week basis. Hundred percent. So from there, let's just keep right on going with the. We'll switch teams. We'll go to we'll go to the Chargers. Uh, so Keenan Allen was added to the COVID list this week, and I believe they have on already Monday. ruled him mm-hmm. on Monday. He's already been ruled out that Keenan Keenan Allen is. Uh, is not playing was the way that I was understanding that news report. Although it was a no, I don't think he's actually it, ruled out. It was weird how it was written, but they wrote the Mike Williams one very differently on the wire uh, because they basically said Mike Williams is also been added to the COVID list as a close contact of Keenan Allen, but mm-hmm. he could play with a negative COVID test. And I didn't see that written anywhere about Keenan Allen. Yeah, so. Keenan Allen is vaccinated. So he was put on the list on Monday. He has to get two negative tests because he tested positive Monday. And Mike Williams needs one because he was only a close contact. Mike Williams is not vaccinated. So he has to have five days of isolation. But if he gets one negative test because he was only close contact, then uh, he would be able to play and qualify for the game on Sunday. Gotcha. My greater point with how, with all of this is, this is why we were talking about streaming wide receivers a moment ago. Uh, there's a very real world possibility that you're going to be dealing with no Keenan Allen or there's a Mike non-zero Palmer. chance. Jalen Guyton is the wide receiver one in LA How this week. dare you disrespect Josh Palmer. Uh, the, Josh Palmer is not beginning on the field. Yeah, I know. Josh uh, Palmer's I'm, disrespecting. I, I'm Palmer doing that right for the, I'm doing that for the people who participate in the discord, Steve. That's, that's all that's there for doing that for I, the nerd. I'm doing, doing that for the nerd, actually in reality, the nerd and his, and the, in that whole conversation. But yeah, it's there's a very real chance that you're going to be dealing without any of your normal Chargers wide receivers, and both of those individuals were, were likely being started. Even Mike with Mike Williams being kind of up and down and all over the place, probably was being started still, given the buys and the injuries. Yeah. So make other arrangements and reference back to what we were just talking about. You know, we could expand that out for a moment too. Is there anybody else that was widely available? Because I'm on Ross St. Brown is obviously one of the ones. Uh, I looked it up. Reynolds was still widely available and still is. Uh, for you, I know that based on that, I can't imagine you've got any streamers that would be higher than 32 in your rankings. It's unlikely, at least. Um, um, let's see. He would likely be. He would. I would have to know like who was default. on the wire. It would yeah, definitely be Josh on. Reynolds. I would. That's think. how I'm doing that. It's because Reynolds would be available. So if, and you got him at 32. So I'm like, there's probably like, no. Maybe higher. Jamison Crowder. Probably on your Jameson wire. Crowder is, is still on the wire. Since I'm the last of a dying breed, the Jameson Crowder truthers. You and Jameson Crowder's mom. Yep. And even she's losing it. She's losing the, she doesn't come to the meetings anymore. I know. And she stopped uh, bringing the cookies. And I, I was know. like, come on, yeah. mom, get it but together. It's, uh, it's, it, yes, it's Jameson Crowder who, as, All right, look, I'll, we'll, I'll acknowledge it. When Jameson Crowder plays, it's usually a great number for you. It's just a question of him being able to play and get through the game. So, but for this week, by the way, for the one week, bet it all take a deal. Yeah, right. Jameson Crowder. Sure. Why not against New Orleans up and down weird secondary that works yeah. when it wants to and doesn't when it doesn't. And when it doesn't, it really doesn't. 
but every everything else is probably too highly rostered, except for maybe like Russell Gage. Uh, let's see what would be available. Tim Patrick. No, we see, already I, talked about I, a little bit. We already talked about that. Um, is Russell Gage available. That would be probably the highest. Deontay Harris is an interesting one because yeah, he Deontay is the favored target. Uh, uh, favored target, if I could speak English, of Taysom Hill. Um, Rondale Moore, my boy, an interesting one on Monday Night Football. But you got to wait till Monday, and it's a tough matchup, and he's like fourth fiddle in that offense. So. Wasn't it's Deontay Harris suspended two days ago for a DUI? Was he? I believe so. I believe I'm reading. I'm, I believe I'm double checking this because I remember reading a, a report on the Athletic, which I've actually now, now found. Saints wide receiver Deontay Harris suspended three games for DUI charge on December. Oh, yep, it does say suspended. There you go. All right, so there you go. No Good Deontay call. Harris. So scratch no, that one then. Scratch that off. No Deontay Harris. I'm glad um, yeah, KJ Osborne, who we talked about, is only five percent rostered right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, Russell Gage is the only yeah. guy available. Jamison Crowder would would be the next one after Josh Reynolds. He's twenty three percent rostered. For me, no, no, yeah, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm double checking on something real quick. Um, I, I think I have. Yeah. Oh no, you're right. Thirty five percent rostered for Russell Gage ish, I believe. Yeah, and I have Russell Gage slightly higher. I have him at thirty. Yeah, it's kind of where that's neighborhood where slightly I slightly higher than Josh Reynolds. So I'd say so. it's it's Gage and then Reynolds for you, yeah. and then for me, it's like it'd still probably be Reynolds, but it, I would just lower it eight, like six spots to get to get to Reynolds, and that's kind of where it would. Yeah, go. for me, in order, it would be Gage, uh, Reynolds, and then Jamison Crowder. Yeah, and I'd have that that same way, and then you'd actually get to and then Osborne, Osborne and Amon Ross St. Brown, and then Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, would be the last <laughs> yep. choice. But those are those are the things that I think would be widely available. And if you needed a spot starter, if you needed a spot starter, I'd actually feel really, I'd actually feel pretty good about Russell Gage, considering that since he's become the last man standing, which is effectively the last two starts, he's uh-huh. looking at an, he's looking at a uh, he's looking at an eighteen point two and a twenty two flat. So when he has the entire job to himself, and it's just him and Kyle Pitts. Russell Gage has been, uh, I believe it was a 22 flat. So he's been, he's been solid. Yeah. He's been, he's been solid. And again, uh, it's, I, we can't just gloss over the fact that like we've already talked about, if for whatever reason, they don't clear the protocols and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both miss this game. They are playing the giants and Jalen Guyton becomes the number one when he just had a 19 point game last week. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that was with those guys on the field. <laughs> I mean, that, that was from one huge touchdown. I'll give you that, but he still had three catches for 45 yards other than that big touchdown. So Jalen Guyton becomes the number one target on that offense against a terrible secondary. Uh, that's absolutely in flex consideration. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So realistic, I guess we could continue on. We'll expand it out even more. There's another reason to talk about wide receiver streamers. As uh, coming off the huge week last week, T. Higgins has missed practice pretty much every day this week. He's been just DNP. And what they're saying is he needs to get at least one practice in or he's not playing. Mm-hmm. That's been the word on the street from the coaching staff is he has to at least get one full practice in before they will consider playing him on Sunday. So just one more reason 
to be looking at your wide receiver waiver wire this week, folks, because you might need some assistance. Uh, start lining up backup plans because it's looking like it might be a little thin. Because in addition to that, in addition to that, another banged up wide receiver that you likely were starting or someone was in your league, Debo Samuel has missed another practice. And it's looking more and more likely that Debo Samuel is probably going to sit again this mm-hmm. week. We had this conversation last week and it yeah. turned out to be correct that you and I were in agreement. Brandon Ayuk was not the beneficiary in that game of the increased workload. So take yep. that internet. Right. Uh, and the other thing is, is that we were also correct again. George Kittle is the beneficiary mm-hmm. of all of that extra volume. Right. That's not really worth rehashing. Right. We were just correct about it. So high five. And then all that really means is if Debo is out, it's just one more reason to reference what we've been talking about with wide receiver streamers. There's, right. there are a lot of banged up wide receivers this week is kind of, was kind of the theme. Uh, but pivoting away from that, there is a little bit of tight end and we're just going to do this quickly because tight end matters so little that we don't even need to devote that much time to it. Uh, Darren Waller has missed another practice. I would consider him the highest of questionable. I find it very unlikely that he will play to be honest in that game. Uh, but he might, if he does, I guess, start him. Uh, I'd be looking for other options either way, just to have something in my back pocket. I don't trust this. The whole Darren well, Waller. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you had already, right? Because he didn't play last week. So you already had a backup plan in place. It's just, how good was, do you feel about was it? Was it Hunter Henry? Was it Mike Gusecki? Mm. Cause that would be the only reason you'd have to find a new one this week. Otherwise, well, it's the same thing. Well, or we'll talk about it in a second because circumstances have changed somewhere. Well, we'll just go right into it here. Uh, so Logan Thomas, we all saw it. It's not really worth rehashing what happened. Bottom line, he's done for the year. You could argue about whether or not it was legal or correct or blah, blah, blah. The mechanism is done. They'll fight about it in the background. For fantasy purposes, all you need to know is that Logan Thomas came back, caught you a touchdown. That's why he's Logan Thomas. And now he's going to miss the rest of the year. So with that, Ricky Seals-Jones, we brought, mm-hmm. we talked about this a few weeks ago. Yeah. He's actually returning from injury now. Right. I'm actually about that Ricky Seals-Jones life. Sure. If if you're interested, if you need a streamer, if you don't want to go back to the well with Hunter Henry, and I believe me, I completely understand why you'd be gun shy after what happened there. Yeah. Uh, or frankly, I mean, if you know, I'd rather I'd look, I'd rather Tyler Conklin. Mm-hmm. That's the one that's very available. That's my number one like set it and forget it tight end streamer of the week. If Tyler, if you need a tight end and Tyler yeah. Conklin is available, that's my first choice. If for whatever reason, that's not available. Uh, Ricky seals Jones uh, moves up that risk very rapidly. He's going to get that Logan Thomas workload. They've mm-hmm. proven that to us before. And he can do about 80% of the things Logan Thomas can do. And in tight end, 80% of Logan Thomas would be very yeah, much. I, I have Conklin 11 and RSJ 12. So yeah, there you go. I mean, we, we were talking about it before when this injury first happened, the first injury to uh, Logan Thomas, the fact that it was crazy. He played literally 100% of the snaps the first three weeks of the season. Nobody else in the league did that. And then he gets hurt goes out ricky seals jones comes in and he plays 100 percent of this right like they right they just play one tight end the whole time they don't yeah mix they it don't up. there's no committee no there's no like blocking tight end receiving tight end right. no 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 i mean there is yeah but they don't change roles like it's yeah. literally this this is what we do and they while he's had the it. job like when he was healthy rsj he put up a four in that first game uh 
but that was the Preston, game that Thomas got hurt. Preston in week service. Four. Yeah, he yeah, wasn't yeah. Pro- projecting to start right. that week. But the uh, every week that he started, week five on a 9.1, 15.8, 11.1, a 3.2, their buy, a six, and he got hurt in the game with the six and hasn't right. played since then. That's right. So he's going to be back this week, back to a full go. He's got a solid floor. He's got a tight end ceiling. It's yeah. It's, like it's it's a touchdown for a good week and it's you don't get a touchdown and it's a more reliable floor than most yeah so that's why he gets to 12 that's the bar for tight end folks it's gross uh beyond that there is one other thing david and joku was added to the COVID list Ugh. uh the only thing that matters about that is do you have any interest in austin hooper a little bit more maybe yeah. no me either it's just yeah. something i noticed getting people kicking around on the internet that Maybe Austin Hooper could do something. Now, Baker Mayfield has not utilized the tight ends at all in any way, shape, or form. It does not matter who is out there at yeah. tight end. He just yeah. doesn't throw it that way. No, and my and my whole response to people around that conversation was, is Tyler Conklin available? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I having, like, did you? what league are you playing in where this is the conversation? Like, are you starting two tight ends? Like, that's Yeah, uh, I have Foster Moreau ranked ahead of Austin. And that Hooper. was also a disaster. So exactly. That should yeah, tell you everything I, you need was, to know about Austin Hooper. That's not for positive reasons. So, okay. Well, that wraps up unless you have anything else that you want to go through. That really wraps up the yeah. non tight end or non tight end, the non Taysom Hill running back uh, segment of this. So if there's anything yeah. else you want to touch on, let me know, but I think we covered it and I wanted to make sure we got through those wide receiver streamers. Cause that's the, I think that's the thing people are going to need assistance with this week more than anything. Um, well, okay. Yeah. We're going to talk about running backs here. We're going to go into running back. Yes. Nope. Okay. Well, let's get right into running back then. Let's, let's all take a moment and reset and take a deep breath because (gasps) this is long. (laughs) Um, so first we'll start with one that is actually just interesting, but it's just quick. So David back with the bears, David Montgomery is trending towards playing in this game. However, he is listed with a shoulder groin and glute injury. So yes, you heard me. So the man, the man's junk is just, is not doing well. Apparently mm-hmm. front side, backside, it's all, Everything, it's all bad. Yeah. All of it's bad. Yep. And also you got a bad shoulder to go with it. Now we know from experience that this man is a warrior. Mm-hmm. And that if anybody is capable of dealing with this particular set of injuries, it's probably David Montgomery and he's going to play, but are you concerned about his workload? Cause I am a little bit candidly, they're going to kill him. Uh, well, yeah, they are to going that. to kill him. They've proven willing I... to do that in the past. So, but are you a little worried that something might snap here? Like, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little um, scary to have this many injuries. I don't know if I'm, if I'm a, well, that worries me. But if I'm a David Montgomery manager this weekend, what scares me more is the fact that the Packers have been really good against the run. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a bad matchup mm-hmm. and he's coming in beat up. Well, and they're going to be blasting like, the bears by 15, 16, yeah, 18, like you better points. hope like, that the bear or that, you know, you don't need a 20 from David Montgomery. Cause this is yeah. the week he's going to give you that solid eight. And you yeah, you're feel really good about that. You're really hoping what happens in this game. If you're starting David Montgomery is that the bears somehow managed to get to the one yard line and David Montgomery gets you a little bunny touchdown. Mm-hmm. that's what you're hoping for here. Yeah. And then you get a 12 or something yeah. like that. In the fourth quarter when the, they're losing 35 to seven. Or on the opening drive of the game. Or on yeah. the opening drive right. of the game. And yeah. it's scripted or something. Because that's either way. That's the yeah. seven. 
Yeah. That's mm-hmm. how you get it. That's how you yeah. start the game. With seven, seven, nothing. And then 35 unanswered. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. That's how it goes. So that's what you're concerned about. So just temper your expectations for Montgomery this week. And if you actually are in a position where you have really good running back depth, mm-hmm. if I was in that weird scenario, like we had a friend who had three top 10 running backs the one year, I would actually have been giving the advice. Hey, you sure you want to play Montgomery this week? If he was my third running back and I don't need him, like maybe I've got a wide receiver that right. might be in a little bit better standing. Also, not going to be for everybody. You mentioned the uh, the injuries and the tough matchup. Like matchup aside, dealing with all those injuries and the crazy workload that he gets, and how involved he is on the offense. If he's available, Khalil Herbert. Mm. If he's on your waiver wire and you've got the space on your bench, fantastic stash because we have seen. If Montgomery goes out, Herbert instantly becomes a top 20 running back. That's right. That's right. And it's just, he has very little in the way of value as long as Montgomery plays. Mm -hmm. However, yes, we have seen that very much one-to-one when Montgomery is not playing. They give the entire workload to one guy now. It was a full-on committee with uh, Tariq Cohen in there. Yeah. And then as soon as he died, because for all intents and purposes, he's dead. Well, that's as, what I was going to say is that as soon as he died, it has been a full on workhorse scenario in this offense. And they tried no to what. work in Damian Williams until he died. Mm-hmm. And then, and then now it really is this. No, it's now just, we'll forget it. We have a bell cow. Yeah. Whoever it is, guy, somebody goes, let him do the it. whole job. And if he gets hurt, the next guy up just does the whole job. It eventually that's, will be Ryan Null. That's what it's by become. himself against the world. Like in there doing this job, it's going to be nuts. So just temper expectations. It's, for it's Matt Nagy. They won't give it to Ryan. No, they'll make like Demir bird a running back or something like mm, stupid. Try but, to do something like quarter. Patterson. Yeah. He'll make a new quarter. Patterson. Yeah. yeah. Except way less successful than quarter. Yeah. Patterson. Probably. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. What are you a 28 year old, uh, wide receiver that's never succeeded. Never in had any real success. Here yeah. you go. Running back. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah, argue with you. Matt I'd argue, Nagy I'd argue like with it. you, but I've, there's too much precedent. Uh-huh. There's just too much precedent to really that's argue right. against that. No, uh, no self-respecting lawyer would want to take that case. It's just pressing. And Demir Bird up. signs in Atlanta next year and becomes a top 10 running back. Go oh, after Porter L. Patterson yep. signs. Seen it. A yep. real running back deal for uh-huh. a team like the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. Maybe not the Jets is a bad example, but somebody desperate. Is it? Yeah. Is it a bad example? Because no, that, that seems like a very Jets no, thing. Because they're that incompetent. Yep. Then Raiders. Car- Carolina. Goes back to the Raiders. Carolina, because they don't know what they're doing. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, I can see that. Well, Speaking of don't know what they're doing, we'll, we'll stop in with the Lions here, uh, and we'll talk about one of the only things that could possibly matter as it relates How to the How dare you? They're undefeated in December. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> they are. Und- I can't argue that either. That's another one that I can't argue mathematically, so why try? Yeah, there are 16 teams that why can't try? claim that. Okay? You know, technically, they're not even eliminated from the playoffs yet. It requires <laughs> exactly. a series of horrible things to happen, but... Why not? It's all right, we could go most. through it all, but it would take the remaining. It would take the remaining twenty minutes of the show, yeah. and just trust us. The math was done. Mm-hmm. That's a real stat, and it's earth shattering. Mm-hmm. For one dollar, you can get quality information <laughs> like that at Patreon.com/slash Important Nonsense. Check plug. it out; it's worth the dollar. What a plug! Uh, DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. This is a vexing one for myself, and I'm sure actually for you as well. Uh, knowing some of the roster construction you have in the background. I really want DeAndre Swift to play in this game, but I also am juxtaposing that against the idea that I'd also really rather have DeAndre Swift healthy for a full playoff run here. So 
you know, you know, six in one hand, half dozen in the other, I guess. But he's making improvements with the shoulder. He's very questionable for this week. Yeah. I think we've already covered this to death. Jamal Williams, if DeAndre Swift doesn't play, yep, that's a thing. Is Jermar Jefferson a thing? Because now in the two times we've seen that, Jermar Jefferson manages to break these huge runs. It just scares me because it's not total it's not hugely pretty, but he keep he somehow finds a way to rattle off a huge run both times he's been able to get on the field with no DeAndre Swift available for that game. He does take on some of the traditional running role because they don't want to give the whole workload to Jamal Williams. They'll kill him. So they do activate Jermar Jefferson. He's a healthy scratch when they don't. But both times Swift has missed the game, Jefferson has had a serviceable week. And running back is a nightmare. So my question to you is, would you be interested in Jermar Jefferson effectively breaking a huge play for you a third time against Denver? Because that's what you're banking on. Okay. When I put it to you that way, it sounds a little bit less attractive, right? Well, I mean, just in general, I don't. I'm not seeing. Did he have one last week? It doesn't look I like it. I believe last week. Didn't he finish like nine for a hundred and something? No, no. He was five for 18. last. He week. was five for 18. Okay. Okay. All right. I got to see. That's why I wanted to double check that. Are you thinking of Mike Boone? It's entirely possible because he also doesn't have any value. It's the same thing. There. It was literally the same thing. It's it, the same thing in a different Jersey. Yeah. And he used to be in the NFC North, so I could see how he would uh, make. No, that. I got it. I see what I did. It's Mike, four for thirty-five. Mike, Mike, Mike Boone. No, that wasn't it. it but it's a. It's not. It's not Mike Boone. There was somebody who popped off, but it's not really super relevant because that individual is a one week wonder type of thing. Really, no, it's just Jamal, Jamar Jamal Jefferson. Williams. Like I said, he. It's an interesting name to know because he's the backup at this point, as long as Swift is out. Um, but that's about it. He, he doesn't hold any real value, especially in PPR, because he doesn't get involved in the passing game pretty much at all. The only reason he was involved in it in week eight is because that was one of the weeks that Jamal Williams missed. Right, right. Um, also and he hurt. kind of filled the Williams pass catching role, whereas this past week they didn't really utilize the pass catching from Jamal Williams because they were playing with the lead. Yeah, it for was most weird. of the game. It was really which, strange. Uh, which never really has happened. Except for this week when they probably will again because Denver's offense is completely done. Yeah, but can they put up points against that defense? I don't think so. I, I think one of them ends up winning the game 13 10. I was going to say, no, I think that le- that game might legitimately be 6 to 3 at halftime. Yeah. So yeah, somebody wins we'll, that game 13 So we'll see what they decide to do, but it's it's going to be it's going to be a nightmare. It's another game to not watch. So, all right. No, n- just. If you're if you're if you're counting on Swift, greater point here is do not worry. I, I would temper expectations on whether or not he's going to play this week. It's yeah. theoretically within the realm of possibilities, but I'd have a backup plan just like you did last week. So I'm projecting. I am hoping he does not, not play. I'm hoping as, as, some, as somebody who's already locked a playoff spot with Swift on my roster, mm-hmm. just let him sit. Yeah, I, I we don't need him this week. It's fine. Yeah. And of course, Dan Campbell doesn't care what we think or say. So it's it'll. It'll all work itself out. But yeah, we talked about that last week, though. Is like they, they've already said he's the franchise, preserve the franchise. They're going to yeah. be cautious with him. Well, now they want so, a game. Yeah. So it's also like that monkey's off your back. You don't have to worry about it as much. Yep. Uh, speaking of weird things, just weird things, James Robinson, subject of much conjecture about the news story around <laughs> what is, I don't even know. Like, here's the thing we're here to do fantasy analysis. And I could spend 20 minutes talking about like the inner workings of Urban Meyer's brain as it relates to like what that whole thing was about. It's a uh, it's Steve's waving off our producer. 
Yeah. He doesn't need a water break. Mm-hmm. He, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, uh, our producer's very concerned about people staying hydrated. Obviously, I mean, he, You've been reading Jack's pamphlets about how Urban Meyer is a great Well, friend. Jack has some interesting ideas, so I he subscribe to points. his newsletter. Well, he's, I subscribe to Jack's weird newsletter, but also I'm a weird Urban Meyer is a horrible person truther <laughs> for years, going back to when I used to write about college and talk about yeah, college. There's a lot of evidence. There's a lot of evidence. That. Look, no, normally I wouldn't say that because it would be considered slander, except I have so much evidence that I could actually prove it in court. Yeah. So in fact, and in fact, it was proven in court. So I don't even have to. I just have to reference mm-hmm. precedent. Mm-hmm. So it's very convenient this way that as it relates to Urban Meyer, I can just say what I want. Right. And it's like it, it really works out that way. It's great. So the whole thing here is, what is going on with James Robinson? They decide to bench him for reasons that are highly suspect. They're going to count on Carlos Hyde. He's hurt. He's not hurt. Maybe I'll, I'll kick it to you to break down Jack's weird pamphlets because I think that was a good way to set that up. <laughs> Uh, look, so essentially what happened was James Robinson fumbled in week 12 against Atlanta in a game that they were actually competitive in and had a chance to win. And he fumbled late um, and that, that kind of turned the tide in that game and they end up losing. So they come back this week against the Rams and he had eight carries for 24 yards and then fumbled again and gave away a turnover in their own side of the field to the Rams and they just started to put it on him. Uh, and he never saw the field again. He got benched yep. for the rest of the game for fumbling in back to back. out. benched for Carlos Hyde. So at this point, I feel like he's probably still the starter. Maybe uh, if you're, if you're playing James Robinson though, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not starting Carlos Hyde. I still no, don't believe he's going to get not, enough I'm workload. I'm not to even that. be in flex consideration. And, and it's even, Carlos Hyde. Here's the reality of the situation, too. He came back from the injury, James Robinson, that is. Uh, in PPR formats, he has not been utilized in the passing game nearly as much as you would like. Like, he right. has been utilized some, but just the checkdowns in general with Trevor Lawrence have not been there. It's why LaVisca Chenault hasn't done anything. It's why the running backs aren't doing All much. the checkdown stuff was going to Dan Arnold. Yeah, and he's and then gone Dan Arnold too. got hurt. What, and then so now what has been happening in. is, and it's so obnoxious. Like we've got Marvin Jones on that team, who we love. Yes, you've got Lavisca Chenault, who I loved all off season. James Robinson, who was a darling last year, and That's now right. this year has come in and been replaced by Carlos Hyde. And Trevor Lawrence has been throwing the ball to Jamal Agnew. Not anymore. And then when Jamal Agnew got hurt, he's replaced him with Laquan Treadwell. Right. Oh, what God. is That's going the, on? No, that's the other one. Look. That's right. You heard that. For those who maybe don't know who Laquan Treadwell was, because I would actually forgive you for that, Vikings' former fourth receiver that never mattered and had one good game in 2017 and was a fantasy thing for six seconds, Laquan Treadwell. They thought so little of him that they never extended him in Minnesota. Like, I shouldn't have said that when you were drinking. I was like, oh, my God, Steve. <laughs> Steve <laughs> went down the choked. wrong pipe immediately. Steve almost choked. So, yeah, I'd forgive you for not knowing who Laquan Treadwell yeah. was because it was a thing for four years ago for two weeks. Laquan Treadwell in fantasy circles. That's it. They thought so little of little of him in Minnesota. They didn't even try to extend it. They just let him walk. But and then they my, went with K.J. Osborne and whatever other schlock yeah. that they had. It doesn't my matter. Point was, uh, Chad Beebe. Uh, my point oh, was Chad Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, He had 12 carries for 57 yards against Indy. Again, a close game they lost. And he ends up getting an 18.4 because he fell in the end zone. That's right. 
They play San Francisco and get blown out. He scored a touchdown. Even with the touchdown, he only had an 11.8. That's really hard to do. Against Atlanta, he does not score, but he has 86 yards rushing because it's Atlanta. He puts up a 12. Mm. And then this past week, he gets benched and only has a 2. So he has not been great anyway. He's been borderline RB2 at that, more of a flex over the last few weeks. And now you're telling me there's a possibility he could get benched mid-game. Like, if I've got a backup plan, if I have a better option than than James Robinson, I'm absolutely doing it. I think that I think that's the analysis here is that if I happen to have some other kind of option, I'm going to be looking long and hard at exploring it because God forbid that he uh-huh. fumble again, because then you're done for the day. Well, like, OK, that's Here, it. Here's like, a prime example of this of where we are with James Robinson right now. These are three guys. A.J. Dillon. Go to the rankings here. Yeah. Kareem Hunt. And Tony Pollard, three guys that aren't even the RB one on their team. I would start ahead of James Robinson this week. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting to that point. It's absolutely getting to that point because those guys have the burst. They have goal line touches and they have pass catching that can give them the points to finish in the top 20. I don't buy any of that for James Robinson. Well, and I'll give you another one where, Okay, I know it was a little disappointing last week with Jamal Williams, but if you picked up Jamal Williams last week and you have James Robinson, for example, I would play Jamal Williams over James Robinson. Like, not even in a tough matchup, even in a tough matchup, even coming off the nine that he had. Yeah, because I just and that's that obviously would change if Swift was to play. I would stand by that. I would change that. But as we sit here right now, given what we just said. Because I agree with the names you just said, yeah. and I just wanted to add that one as well. Like, and I say all of this William. knowing full well that James Robinson had a 22 against Tennessee in week five. That's I'm right. fully aware of that, and I yeah. don't care. Yeah. Because yeah. outside of that four-week stretch that he had from weeks three to six, when he had 20-plus in every game, he's done nothing this entire year, and it's only gotten worse. Yeah. And I'll acknowledge Tennessee's defense is hot garbage. <clears throat> Like I mean, it's hot a lot garbage. better now than they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Too. And it's still hot garbage, but it doesn't, but it's like, even with that, even with that, I still think they're Jacksonville is going to be trailing. Yeah. So I just, I don't like anything about this. The James yeah. Robinson thing makes me very, very nervous, especially given Jack's poorly Xerox pamphlets that sure. go even deeper down the rabbit hole of the conspiracy theory against James Robinson, vis-a-vis urban Meyer and what is going on. There's just too many markers on this. If I'm looking to clinch a playoff spot or if I'm looking to play for a seed, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'd rather not, but it's funny you bring up Tony Pollard because Tony Pollard's mm-hmm. been having, Tony Pollard's been having the season that it, that makes, that makes people get even louder about the free Tony Pollard conversation. That, that was already a thing as we've covered many times. And yeah. the, the volume's getting turned up on that in the background a little bit. However, he was held out of practice today. And normally I think people would rightly say, Neil, who cares? It's Wednesday. Well, it's notable here because Tony Pollard, that is his first mispractice all year. They do not give Tony Pollard the day off. He is still young enough that they don't give him veteran rest days. And he doesn't miss practices. He practices every week. So it was actually <laughs> noted this is his first mispractice all year. So it becomes a little more noticeable when he suddenly misses a practice for the first time. 
I'm not really worried about this. I'm not going to adjust him in my rankings unless maybe he misses another practice tomorrow. This is just kind of raising the antenna. Check in on this on Friday. If he's back at practice tomorrow, in practice, I don't care at that point. Yeah. He's wheels up, not worried about it, move forward as per normal. But if he misses today, tomorrow, and it's just something to monitor because I, I think they're going to – I don't know that they're going to want to give him the full workload if he's actually more beat up than we might have thought he was at the start of the week. So, you mean his full workload? His full workload, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, I don't think they're going to want to do that. I don't know what they're Yeah, I mean, they, they seem pretty content letting Zeke hobble around on the field out there. So um, I think, if anything, they're preserving Tony Pollard, giving him time off in practice. In the event Zeke goes down, he's right. 100%. Because you're gonna need, because you're gonna need, you somebody. need one of them healthy. Well, so you yeah, need this something for this playoff run you're working on in real football. Yeah. Their playoff run. That yeah, they yeah want. you need, yeah. you need somebody healthy. So if yeah. Zeke is gonna play through this because he can't, can't make it worse, because uh, he's then, a sixty-two million dollar man. Yeah. Then I absolutely would be resting Tony Pollard. Why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of guys who might need a little break, given how much work they've had to do, Elijah Mitchell. I you were gonna say me. Yeah, you're right. Oh, uh, I didn't know you right. were in the concussion protocol, yes. though it would explain a lot. <laughs> yeah, it since would like two thousand six. Yeah. yeah, it would explain a lot over about the last several years. And I'm mm-hmm. sure your wife actually would be mm-hmm. would be very much like, Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, she's it, the it. one that put me in it. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I told you not to I told you not to say that stuff to her. <laughs> I warned you. She had it coming. No, uh, no, she's got a hell of a right hook, it's more than <laughs> like it's uh but Elijah Mitchell is uh is in the concussion protocol he's also still nursing the knee he entered the concussion protocol last week it's a little concerning that he's still in the concussion protocol at this point but that takes some time to get cleared he's also still got the inflamed knee he is not a lock to play sunday within that jeff wilson flared up his knee and he's the true backup to elijah mitchell at this point uh he is I, I could not justify any world of playing Jeff Wilson unless I knew for sure that everybody else had been ruled out. And even then I'd be like, maybe you get an eight. So Jeff Wilson doesn't matter. Only in, he only matters in the sense of where I'm going here, which is the only one left healthy is Jamichael hasty. And that's yep. with an asterisk. So they'd probably have to activate Trey sermon at that point. Right. But I don't not, We're not, there's no way I could justify ever putting Trey sermon. Uh, I'm pretty sure Trey sermon is also hurt still. Yeah, he might, and that's the thing. He might still be hurt. So the question becomes that I have for you: mm-hmm. If we yeah, got they signed Brian Hill, they they uh, did because, and I think because they're so that little, thin and yeah, desperate. I think so little Brian Hill. So it's like no, I'm just I'm not be, saying Brian Hill matters. I'm just saying they signed Brian Hill because they have nothing else. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the only thing that that I would say is we've seen Jamichael Hasty have interesting up and down sort of quasi value <laughs> as a one week spot streamer. Are you at all interested in that? If we got confirmation that everybody else basically wasn't playing, if it's him and Brian Hill, still no. No. Okay. Just checking in on that. Still no. Just checking in on that because I could I, I could see it there. But I'd have to be so unbelievably desperate. I'd have to be. I, so I'd have to desperate. be. I don't know. It's Dontrell it's, Hilliard would have to be gone. Like you, and we're so in the 30s at that point. Realistically, if you're talking about this same conversation that we're having right now about Jamichael hasty, because everybody else is hurt mm-hmm. and we're having this conversation in week nine because I'm desperate and buys. Okay. I I'd consider it because he's the guy and I don't have anything else. I can play him at flex. Okay. Sure. 
When we're talking about week 14, which is potentially either the first week of your playoffs or or the last week week for you to earn a playoff berth, there's a 0% chance I'm relying on Jamichael Hasty to get That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'd have to be really, 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 really desperate to Uh get there. So that's why it's worth bringing up just because I noticed he made a lot of like waiver wire lists for various outlets and things like that. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'd rather again, it's just because there's literally nothing else. But that's what I was saying. But even within the nothing, I'd rather I'd rather. uh, No, I know. But I'd rather deal with Dontrell Hilliard. Like Mm. you want to talk about things that are nothing like I'd rather deal with that. Roll my roll my dice there. Rex Burkhead. Like, like things like that would still yeah. exist. And like Sony Michelle is probably long gone. Yeah. But and even well, I mean, I look, the one that I've, I've rolled out in a couple of leagues is Amir Abdullah. Yeah, that's another one that I was going to bring up. So Amir Abdullah is lower on the list for me, but he <laughs> would qualify as part of this list. Yeah. So it's it's definitely one to know. And I will say as far as things that haven't disappointed you yet mm-hmm. this year, <laughs> Amir Abdullah. So if you're looking for, if you're looking for, but okay. So for you with Amir Abdullah, Mm -hmm. where did you end up with him being ranked? Broadly speaking. Uh, I have Amir Abdullah at 32, just ahead of Tevin Coleman. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. No, fair enough. Um, So Amir Abdullah joined Carolina in week eight against lo and behold, Atlanta. Uh, and it was his That's first game with Carolina and Christian McCaffrey was still out hurt. So it was Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah and Amir Abdullah had eight carries for 31 yards. He also had five targets and caught three of them for 35 yards. So he gave you a 9.6 in PPR scoring. Then Christian McCaffrey came back. And even with McCaffrey back, he got five targets in week nine, four targets in week 10. They gave Christian McCaffrey a full workload in week 11. That worked out really well. And then they gave uh, Abdullah six targets again last week against Miami. So he has been the pass catching back while Chuba Hubbard has barely been involved. Fun fact. Uh, like I said, there was the one game where he basically wasn't on the field at all, was getting no snaps because they gave so many to McCaffrey. So four of the five games, the four that he's been utilized, uh, Amir Abdullah has 24 targets. Chuba Hubbard has played the entire season and has 29. So there you go. Like he is way more involved in the passing game. When we're talking about PPR, Amir Abdullah is a guy that just like Dontrell Hilliard, has value and is a flex option. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you bring up, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on Dontrell Hilliard because we, I think we know mm-hmm. about Dontrell Hilliard. He had a nice game, then the bye. And, and this is kind of the, the Jacks. And, and this is kind of the litmus test for this because we they have not been able to settle on a running back situation. Yeah. So if they go back to the well on Hilliard, look, there's every chance they will. Yeah. He's a flex running back as well. Same neighborhood as these other guys were talking about. But right. you mentioned Tevin Coleman, and I want to talk about Tevin Coleman. for He's actually the next one on my list. Okay. And this will be the third week in a row that I'm recommending Tevin Coleman, and he's paid me off the last two. So for everybody who wanted to poo-poo this, he's staring down a 10 and an 11 the last two weeks. And as far as PPR running back goes, if you're looking for borderline RB2 break glass in case of emergency situations, I will take a 10-point floor over the last two weeks if I knew I was getting a 10. And he did one of those with Wilson. 
which was the concerning part, was what yeah. would happen if Wilson got in there. Now, there's one fly in the ointment here, and I've got him literally like right next to Amir Abdullah. So it's funny that you brought that up, too. So I was like, yeah, they're very much in the same neighborhood. Uh, Tevin Coleman is in the concussion protocol. So yeah. as long as he clears it, which they're saying, looking like he will, but you never know, it's the concussion protocol. But they're saying he's going to play, assuming he clears it, and he has been serviceable, as I pointed out, with Carter Hurt, even with Wilson in there. They got to have somebody do this job. It hasn't been super sexy, but I'm looking at double digits, and maybe I get lucky and he falls in the end zone. Yeah, see, the fly in the ointment for me with Tevin Coleman is that, yes, he has had two productive weeks, and he got a 9 and a 10.7, but he did it against Houston and Philadelphia. And this week he's taking on New Orleans, who's the number three rush defense. That's that is that's fair. That's the fly in the ointment for me. So I, it's a horrible matchup, and he has not been spectacular. He's been okay. Yeah, but, but that's what's where we are on the but, running. But, back that, but my point is, he's been okay. okay against terrible defenses. Sure, now he's sure. playing a really good defense. And this is we'll see what the what the test if okay is. was his ceiling. My goodness, <laughs> I don't I don't know if. Look, I'd still prefer Amir Abdullah. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, if you're looking at guys right in that neighborhood, yeah. it's it's Abdullah. It, you're, you're in desperation territory. Well, yeah, but that's yeah. that's running back waivers right now. Yeah. You're not looking at that list because your team's because your team's healthy or you're happy about it. It's all bad down there. You're dealing with buys. Well, or yeah, maybe you have Damian Harris on by. Sure. Yeah. Like it's theoretically possible. Yeah. Uh, and then just to round out the list here, we'll go through this relatively quickly because there's not too much to talk about. Circling all the way back to the beginning of the show, talking about Taysom Hill. Hey, Alvin Kamara is on track to return this week. Yay. There was much rejoicing. We so, talked about that last week as well. The fact that he was basically healthy enough to go on the Thursday game last week, but in an abundance of caution, they wanted to hold him out and give him the extra 10 days so he could have a full week of practice before coming back. And that's what they did. They yep. held him out of that game. And now he's got a full week of practice. He was a full go today. So fully just, expect him back on Sunday. We're only talking about this because, yes, we're confirming he's going to play. And then secondarily within that, we've talked about this forever. If whenever Taysom Hill gets the start, Alvin Kamara is historically a little bit less attractive. Although his yes. pass catching numbers are down this year anyway, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to matter as much, especially when you get into the next piece of news, which is Mark Ingram was added to the COVID list and is now yeah. not mm -hmm. a lock to play in this game. So right. it might be a big old bag of Alvin Kamara. Well, that's what I was going to say, too. Like last year, the issue we went through the numbers in the offseason, but the issue was that when Taysom Hill was playing, uh, Latavius Murray put up literally the same numbers. Mm -hmm, he was right. just as involved, whether it was Drew Brees or Taysom Hill. It did not matter. Whereas with Alvin Kamara, he was relying on Drew Brees throwing him those checkdowns. He wasn't oh, being yeah. utilized as a between the tackles running back this season. He has been the between the tackles running back, and they've only been using guys like Tony Jones and Dwayne Washington and now Mark Ingram as the change of pace guy to, right. to give him a breather. And that again, in case of emergency type guy to fill in for Kamara when he's and in the there. case of Mark Ingram, occasionally they'll give him a goal line work or two because it's Mark Ingram and that's what he does. Right. Occasionally. So again, now I believe the biggest issue for Alvin Kamara is Taysom Hill potentially becoming the goal line back yeah. and stealing those opportunities. But we've, we talked about it at the very beginning of the show. So we got a nice bookend here, but the fact that he can't throw the ball very effectively. So you're not going to have deep throws. 
You've got no Deontay Harris, apparently. That was news to me, so good nugget by you. Yeah. Uh, but over the middle, short range, that's going to end up being his check down option is Alvin Kamara. Yeah, because you, no you got no Trotman still. He's on yeah, IR. They're, yeah, they're going to end up running the ball a ton because mm-hmm. they're going to avoid passing the ball. Because so. you've got Traquan Smith, who doesn't do the underneath stuff very well, if he even does it at all. And you got the other option would be little Jordan Humphrey. Or Lil, yeah. excuse me, I always Lil. butcher this. Mm-hmm. Little Jordan Humphrey, who they'll they'll give it a shot. And that really wraps it up, except for one last note on our way out the door, because this came in right at the end of the show sheet. They just published it right before we started the show. Dalvin Cook will be officially questionable for tomorrow's game. He is a game time decision. So within that, I think we'll give our probably I I won't speak for you, but I think we'll probably end up giving our normal advice here, which is uh, if Dalvin Cook is playing and you're trying to clinch a playoff spot and you have Dalvin Cook, he's probably playing for you. Yeah, that's um, the unfortunate reality of it is if if Dalvin Cook plays, you kind of have to play him because your backup option was probably Alexander Madison. Probably. And you can't put Madison in the game hoping that he takes the touches. Now, there was an exact scenario like this when Dalvin Cook was healthy and active in the game and sat there on the sideline and did nothing. And Alexander Madison was the workhorse and people started Dalvin Cook and he took a zero. So th- it happened last season. Could we that's do why, a deja that's vu why, here all over again? That's why it's worth bringing up because Entirely we've actually possible. But it you literally have to take happened. that risk. It literally happened, and what I'm here to tell you is, it doesn't matter. You're going to have to bite that bullet and do it and deal yeah. with it again. This yep. is the reality that you. This is the bet you made when you you spent that like number two overall pick more than likely on Dalvin Cook, and now you're going to lay in it. And you want to know why you're going to lay in it? Because you'll never live with yourself if you don't play Dalvin Cook. And he'll get it. And he gets a 40. Yeah. You will never. It's like what you'll look at yourself in the mirror differently forever. You'll yep. never trust your own judgment again. It's it's a nightmare. You don't want to live like that. Never bench one of your studs. Um, you, you just hope that if he, that that if you're nervous about it, that they rule him out before the game and then you can just play Madison with confidence. Right. So you hope that the Vikings do a solid for you here and make that decision for you. But I don't know. Given where the Vikings are in their actual NFL season, I think they're going to, if Dalvin cooks available, they're probably going to try and ride it because historically yeah, that's probably so, and they, they're, they still, I think, think that they're going to try and go to the playoffs despite what happened to them last week. So I wish them luck in that endeavor. But as I, as I posted in our discord, as we closed the show, that was the most quintessential Vikings thing ever uh, blowing that game. Hashtag that's so Vikings. Yep. It just losing that game for no reason was just so Vikings. Historically, 100%. it was amazing. 100%. So, Steve, I think that's it, man. I think that I think we've helped everybody get their uh, get their news and get their lineup set, at least from a preliminary side here, and then obviously check in for the Friday show. But uh, did you have any other parting thoughts, comments, public concerns, public outcries? Well, public outcries are always my favorite. Uh, no, again, just check in with uh, with the show tomorrow during halftime. Locked in with me, Vishal, and Mason. And then, of course, we've got uh, the Friday show, Friday Night Insights, with I'm not sure if Jordan will be back this week. That is a fantastic question. Uh, I think it may be Mike again. Pretty sure. should be Mike, Jack, Jordan, and they're going to be joined by uh, John Hellcamp. So, oh, nice. They actually put that out. That. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know they actually finalized that. Yeah. So, um, yep. Very nice guest spot on Friday. That'll be fun. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it'll be uh it'll be very interesting and uh should be good. 
should be a good time. So we got a lot of content coming your way here at Important Nonsense. Patreon.com. There you go, folks. How about you, Neil? Public outcries at all? Um, public outcries. Could my front lawn have more goose poop on it? I guess that's not really an outcry. It's more of an observation. <laughs> I'd like an answer, though. Right. All right, um, Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like an answer on that if if possible. Get that to me at uh, at nonsense underscore Neil, and uh, or join our Patreon for one dollar and uh, answer that question for me directly on there. Folks. Answer but, it there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and answer that <clears throat> there, and uh, I will just say, welcome back, Alvin Kamara. We miss you every time yes. you go away. <laughs> every time you go away. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to have you back. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for watching, and uh, we'll be back next week into the playoffs. Playoffs? That's right, Jim Mora, playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> but uh, until then, keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!